Well, I'm delighted to bring God's word before you again. For some of you, it's been a little while since you've been here. Welcome back. It's good to see everyone in church today. I've really enjoyed our Ten Commandments series. And today, I am delighted to bring the commandment before you. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And to contextualize that, simply the message will be entitled, Thou shalt not lie. You know when I preach, I use a lot of scriptures and it can be hard to catch every last one of them. If you want me to talk to you about one after service or multiple scriptures, that's fine. But if you want to look at a main text, it's found in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through Acts chapter 5, verse 11. As you're turning there, I want to speak to you about this commandment found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And make no mistake about it, I'm not going to sugarcoat it today. Absolutely, when a person lies, it is sin. People can make excuses for it, say, I did because of this, this, and this. No, absolutely. When we lie, it is sin. I like it that Pastor Ed was praying with me right before the service, and he prayed that I would speak the truth and the whole truth. And he had no idea that in this introduction I was going to talk about our judicial system, and I believe that our government got it right in the sense that when you stand in court, you are to speak the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God. And whether we're in a court system or just living our daily lives, we are supposed to speak the truth, the whole truth, Nothing but the truth, and we are not to leave anything out that can mislead people. Because indeed, I believe that a half-truth is a full lie. I believe that there's no such thing as little white lies. Whoever came up with that, they could be in big trouble standing before God Almighty without repentance. No half-truths. It's a lie. No little white lies. They don't exist. They're all called lies. A sin before God Almighty. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are His delight. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. It's a detestable sin, a sin that God hates. Lying lips. And God will punish those who lie and do not repent. And there is a saying too that says, 
you know where liars go. And I believe there's some truth to that statement. After all, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 9 says, A false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish. Revelations chapter 21, verse 8 says, according to the NIV, But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexual immoral, those who practice magic arts, the adulterers, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Now in Revelations chapter 21, verse 8, you may have different translations that may say different things, but I believe that they all agree in the simple fact that all liars, their place will be in the lake of burning sulfur if there's not repentance. Lying is a very evil practice and those who participate are being used by Satan. One is Satan's instrument if they're telling lies and speaking falsely. In John chapter 8, verse 44, Satan is identified as the father of all lies. But there's good gospel news for those that have come in here and have told a lie before. I would venture to say, a show of hands, I would believe that every last one of us have told a lie or multiple lies in our life. And I don't want to give Satan any credit and talk about the lies I said when I was younger. I want to talk about a God who still restores, heals, delivers, and forgives. Our God can forgive those who have been lying. I believe in a God who can restore pathological liars. The psalmist writer writes in Psalms 120, verse 2, Deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. That's Psalms 120, verse 2. Deliver my soul, Lord, from lying lips and a deceitful tongue. See, we serve Christ, the great deliverer. He can deliver us from a life of sin, including lying. So I challenge you this day, church, for Psalms 107, verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Whether it be lying, being deceitful, or any other sin, God is able to forgive. Our main text is found in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through chapter 5, verse 11. A little bit of length here. Bear with me in the reading of this main text. Reads like this. Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and one soul. Neither did anyone say any of the things he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. Nor was there any one among 
them who lacked. For all were possessors of land or houses, sold them, and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold, and laid them at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each as anyone had need. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and he kept back part of the proceeds. His wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the price of the land for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So we see this in Acts chapter 4. What it was like for the believers in the church of Acts. It's way different than what we see today. There was great sharing amongst one another and the believers. All their earnings and their livelihood, they're putting it all into one community chest. And the apostles are distributing as people have need. And so we read in this story then, Barnabas. His name means son of encouragement. Praise God. He sold his house, his property. And he laid the finances at the apostles' feet for distribution for those who were in need. Then along comes Ananias and Sapphira. They sold their house, their property, and they kept back part of the finances. 
And read this story closely again. As you read it again, you can find that it was their own decision what to do with the money. They did not have to give a dime to the apostles for distribution. But what happened in this case, though, where Ananias and Sapphira, they were lying. They were deceiving. And they falsified their righteousness in the sense that they made it appear as if they had sold their entire property and gave every bit of the money to the apostles for distribution throughout the community of believers. Now, if I sold my house appraised at 72000 today, if I sold it for 72000 today and come and only bring 36000 to the church and yet say I gave it all, I think that would be considered a real problem, don't you think? And so then, why some people may think, oh man, God was so hard on them for lying. It was so much more than that. A deception of their service, of their worship towards God Almighty. They were deceiving. They weren't just lying to the apostles, they were lying to God Almighty. And so we see what happened then. First, Ananias. He talks to the great apostle Simon Peter and says, yes, absolutely. We gave every bit that our house and our property sold for, we gave it to you for distribution. And Peter immediately spoke to Ananias. And the wrath of God was upon him for his lying, his deceit, his falsehood of righteousness. And bam, Ananias dropped dead. Young men wrapped, wrapped him up, took him out for burial. Three hours later, Sapphira comes in, has no idea that She's a widow at this point. And Peter asked her, so, did you sell your house for this much money? Did you give it all? Yes, indeed I did. No, she didn't. And so she too dropped dead and young men wrapped her up, prepared her for burial as well. And great fear came upon the entire church and all who heard the news. And you know what? I believe full-heartedly that the church had nothing to be afraid of in this sense. If you honor the Lord, if you live with integrity, honesty, honor the Lord, serve the Lord full-heartedly, no one in this church should be afraid of His wrath. Serving Him. Being honest. Great fear came upon the church. But they didn't need to be afraid. They needed to have a holy reverence for God. Being honest. Not living lives where they were lying. 
I want to give you four points today about lying. The first point I want to bring before you stop lying once and for all. I would be surprised if anybody didn't speak multiple lies as a child, but you know what? Here today, as adults, we need to be maturing in our faith. And I believe that each one of us can get to the place where none of us tell a lie ever again. Stop lying once and for all. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, part A, the first part of that verse says, Therefore, putting away all lying. God has called us indeed to put away all forms of lying, deceit, dishonesty, all those things. We as Christian believers need to put it away altogether once and for all. The second point I want to bring before you is to honor Christ. I would venture to say, if you're like me, there's a point in time in your life where you told a lie to cover up another sin that you had committed. And with it, simply say, honor Christ. Honor the Lord. I believe one of the greatest reasons why people are tempted to lie and do lie is for cover-up. You know, if we're honoring the Lord, if we're serving the Lord and you're able to, to stand before Him today and say, you know what, I have nothing to hide. You're in a good place. Honor Christ and you won't have to lie. You won't have to be deceptive. Honor the Lord. The third point I want to bring before you. Confess the truth. And confess the truth before God and before man. We talked about some in the introduction, and truly, I believe that the truth will set us free. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. I want to tell you today, many people have been set free, felt the condemnation lifted right off their spirit the moment that they came clean, confessed the truth, and admitted whatever the truth is in the situation that they were dealing with. The truth will set us free today, church. Speak the truth. There's great freedom in truth. In confessing the truth, not only before man, but also to God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 is one of my most favorite verses. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just 
to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You're in need of God's grace today. Confess the truth before Him. People have tried to lie and deceive God Almighty from the beginning till now, and it has not worked. When we confess the truth before God and man, we're in a good place. The truth will set us free. Confess the truth. In confessing the truth, I think about our 16th president, Abraham Lincoln. And at the time where Abraham Lincoln was not even president yet, yet he earned the nickname Honest Abe. When he was working as a young store clerk in New Salem, Illinois, reports show that he was a very honest young man. And as a store clerk and running the cash register, there was times he realized that he had shortchanged customers even a few pennies. And when he realized that first chance he got, he would close the store down and he would go and find the individual that he accidentally didn't give the right change to. No matter how far he had to walk, no matter how far he had to go to find the individual, truly, he earned his name, Honest Abe, Integrity. I desire to be like Honest Abe today. And I believe honesty and Christianity should go hand in hand. And I believe full-heartedly that no one will ever regret being honest. And I believe that we as Christians should be the most honest people on the face of the earth. Who wants to go to church with a bunch of hypocrites that tell lies? We need to be honest. And finally, the fourth point I want to bring before you. Inspire others to be honest and full of integrity. Inspire others to be honest and full of integrity. Make honesty contagious. Make it a lifestyle. I believe we could get to the place where each and every one of us commit this day before God Almighty to say, you know what, I'm going to be honest no matter what the situation is, no matter how hard it is, I'm going to be truthful. That's what God has called us to do. Would you please stand?